And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, I have KJ Eldridge with me, independent comic book writer. Hello to everybody. Hey, what's going on, y'all? And tonight, we're actually reviewing The Long Halloween, part one and part two. The first hour will be us reviewing just part one, and then the second hour will just be in the 30-minute range where we wind up doing part two. So that's how we're going to rock it for today. But, you know, I ended up loving this uh, this animated movie and everything. As a matter of fact, this was actually my first time getting a chance to watch it all the way through the first part and even for the second part. And I really enjoyed the storyline of how it has this horror kind of aspect to it. We are basically have this uh, calendar killer that's killing on different holidays, but also too, there's that little lingering thing of on Halloween where everything just goes bump in the night. And then you have the jack-o'-lanterns being lit up to signify that something horrible is going to happen within this universe in Gotham city, which is something that I really liked about it. Oh yeah. Um, this, uh, I, I, I came into this kind of hesitant because this is an adaptation of one of my favorite Batman comics. So um, this that whole era of the the early Batman's uh, like kind of his origin. This uh, if you're familiar with Batman year one, this like almost comes directly after that. So he's he's almost a rookie when he, Batman's dealing with all this stuff. So like reading those comics from that time frame that are set in that time frame um it, it's just something I, I i enjoy a lot so it's year one um the man who laughs uh the batman long halloween dark victory um robin year one there's like a, there's a whole bunch of books that kind of go into that that canon that's you know like like all of us comic book fans have our uh have our our favorites and that that's the like i said early early batman stories are, are a big favorite of mine so um and it it's been probably 10 years since I've read through all that. So it was just far enough out of my memory that I, I could watch it and almost watch it for like the, like the first time where, where I was surprised by some stuff. Um, and so like, like, of course I'm, I'm going to come into this a little bit skeptical whenever, whenever you see something that's adapted from one of your favorite things, you're like, ah, this is, this can't be that good, you know, like, but, but I was, uh, I, I was surprised. Like I, I watched it with my, my 17 year old son who has no idea about, the long what the long halloween is and like so it 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 was just fun like getting his take the whole time and while we were watching it trying to it's a murder mystery so right exactly the whole time like we're like trying to figure out who the killer is and i will report i don't know how how deep into the spoilers are we going in this we're gonna go all the way in because this this, okay yeah because here's the thing this film has been out for a while and it's also on hbo max so they have a chance to watch this if they want to Okay. So gotcha. we're gonna gotcha. go all the way into this. All right, so because if, yeah, I'm oh, sorry. If you but if if so if you want to know who the killer, if you want to like play the you know the guessing game like we like we did, uh pause it here and watch everything and come back, maybe even <laughs> read the books first and come back. Because right. uh, my question is this though. I mean, I know that you read the books and everything and stuff like that, but did you watch this based off of the books that you read, or did you just base it on the animated movie that they, that we have in front of us? And just like, you know what, I'm just gonna have fun with this, shut it's, my brain off, and not it, go from the book over to the movie it, adaptation. It's 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 kind of difficult because I am so familiar with it. So it was almost like uh it's like when I watched the Lord of the Rings movies for the first time. I had read Lord of the Rings so many times that I was almost anticipating scenes coming up and characters and all that kind of stuff. And with this, they did a really good job of capturing uh, Tim Sale's artwork. 
like they, they modified it to make it more uh, favorable for to, for to animate a little cleaner. He's got a very distinctive style, but the the tone was there, and it was just like little stuff like that. But pretty early on, they changed it up enough to keep me guessing, and I I started to lose myself in the story, which I think is a mark of a good adaptation, especially something in this case, and. Where like when something came up that was very familiar to me or when they they swerved on something that I was expecting, it was it was almost like a it was it was fun. You know, it was exciting little. Uh, right. You know, so so I, I was it, at first I was like, ooh, that's a scene I remember that, you know, like I just couldn't help it. Like I couldn't turn my brain off that much I, for that. But once I got rolling um, and hearing, like I said, my son's take on everything. Uh, it it made it like a much more immersive experience, and and it was fun. Like like to uh, for the spoiler, the killer is not the same in the book that it is the movie, and they do a good job of uh kind of like mm. throw really throwing you off. And I was like, it almost made me laugh when it happened. So if we get to that point, well, I'll tell you what it is, and I don't know right. who, who's gonna read it, but. <laughs> You know what though? I haven't. I only saw like stills of the comics and stuff of the comic and everything. I never actually got a chance to dive into it and, and read it because I'm a huge comic book. Uh, right. My well worn, my well worn copy. <laughs> <laughs> I need to actually check it out though. It's been on my bucket list to actually check out. So I'm thinking I'm going to do that after I get done doing this review. Got you, but, can, you can. Oh sorry. Yeah. No, no. Go ahead. No, I was saying you can read it and and it, you'll, you'll get a new experience. Like like. The movie will just be like a guidepost kind of thing. Okay, I gotcha. But yeah, man, I, I had a lot of fun doing the whole guessing game. I felt like more like a seven, but based in the whole entire Gotham City realm, in a oh. sense, because you, yeah, that's what I got out of it. it. Was like a little bit of a seven vibe mixed in with a detective Batman type of vibe to it, which is something I really enjoyed. Which is actually something different than what we normally get from other Batman on. Uh, adaptations as a matter of fact some adaptations of the animated stuff i'm kind of hesitant on because especially with killing joke i didn't like how they did that and how they adapted that into anything yeah with this this is actually other than the hush one i think this might be the only one that i've seen since the batman the animated series so i'm a i'm a rookie mice or i'm I'm a rookie on watching the 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 dc animated movies Um, okay so yeah, so I, I I probably will now since I've seen this and I really enjoyed it. I probably will go back and try to watch a bunch of them. And uh, I'm guessing you're you're saying that a couple of them weren't up to snuff. <laughs> well, the Killing Joke for me wasn't at least for the first half because you have this awkward thing between. Of course, I don't know if you remember the controversy surrounding the Killing Joke or anything like that. I I, I think I remember. Was it the uh, the uh, scene at the beginning when uh, i guess uh bruce and batman and uh barbara gordon were yeah when they yeah. wind up hooking up yeah, that, and having sex on top of a building i'm like yeah, yeah as, soon as, I, as soon as i heard that it's just weird man she's like it's just that, it's just that was never it's like watching fan fiction yeah it, 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 i guess it's an alternate universe but uh, I, I I wouldn't dig that too much. It would be weird, right? But let's. Just, I'm just going to go on ahead and go with the plot line for part one for people who are interested. But on Halloween, John Johnny Vitti, nephew of Gotham City mob boss Carmine the Roman Falcone, is murdered by a mysterious figure who leaves a jack o' lantern 
At the crime scene, Gotham City Police Department Captain James Gordon summons uh, District Attorney Harvey Dent and Gotham's vigilante Batman to investigate the murder. So you have that going on. And to be honest with you, it reminded me of Trick or Treat with the jack-o'-lanterns. Stuff like that. With that horror movie. But, man, this I love the comic book aspect to it. I can definitely tell the color scheme is there and stuff like that. The lettering. Everything about this actually does feel like an adaptation of the DC comic book for, for this film. And, you know, another thing, though, too, is, like, when Harvey gets introduced into our world again... You can definitely tell that Harvey is just trying to discover who he is as a district attorney, who he wants to go after, and how he's going to go after the Falcone organization and everything. And then also, too, another thing that surprised me was, like, within the first five minutes, we wind up having his house explode on Halloween night. So that was something that I was not expecting as soon as he walked in, gets gets ready after a long night, he winds up coming home, and then all of a sudden the his home winds up getting exploded, so I was not I was not expecting that. Yeah, they definitely they they raised the stakes pretty early on, like uh, just with the showing that Harvey Dent was so uh, passionate about his job, like in Gotham City throughout most of the even like especially even this movie is considered a pretty rough, dirty, corrupt town. So when you have uh, characters like like a like a harvey dent as he starts the movie um it, where he's almost like a crusader against crime and injustice and everything like that that's a real thorn in the side of the mechanism that is gotham city the the crime the you know i'll pat your back if you you know watch out for me kind of thing that you know paying off they, they mentioned it paying off judges a couple times uh, that that whole setup when you have somebody like that and you know the, the mob wanted to send him a message like and pretty early on and you know, blow the house up and all that stuff. And like, I don't know, it, it just, it, it sent a message to the audience too, to let you know that this isn't your normal, like, you know, like, like detective whodunit kind of thing. You're there. There's going to be a lot of pitfalls along the way. A lot of, a lot of danger, that sort of thing. Um, right. Like no character is safe kind of deal. And then also no, too, no. another thing too, is even I like how it dives into his life because here's the thing. Even with the Dark Knight trilogy, it never really dived into Harvey Dent's life and the background of his life too much. Pretty much we only got the lawyer aspect of it. He's with Rachel and stuff like that. But with this one, we are actually seeing the struggle of being the district attorney and his wife. As as years go by, ever since the bombing, after his house explodes, we see a detachment with Harvey and his wife. Whereas, like, I don't think this is for me anymore. This is not what I want. You're up all hours of the night investigating all these crimes and everything, and this is actually ruining our marriage. And it puts really a damper on things, especially when Harvey wants uh, wants a life with her, wants kids with her, and she doesn't really want kids or anything like that because she can't have kids. And we don't. We'll find out later on why she doesn't want any kids or anything right. like that either. But still, it makes you feel for Harvey in a lot more emotional, impactful way opposed to the Dark Knight trilogy on how he was introduced. Oh, yeah. Um, his that whole opening scene where they show the relationship between him and Gilda. It was a it was like a powerful, somber, just like the I mean, the first shot is him walking into a dark, empty house on Halloween 
with a bowl of candy on the side where you saw that showed that he, she had never put it out and he's, he's, he's already kind of nervous. So obviously something they, the, the relationship has already been strained before we first meet Gilda. Cause he sees the house like that. And he's, he's wondering if there's something wrong and you know, that, that sends your mind wandering all over the place as a, you know, as a viewer. And then you see her out on the back porch and see, she's like smoking a cigarette, drinking a glass of wine, just kind of staring off into the, into the night. And then you have that exchange between them. And it's like, man, he, he's doing everything he can for his job. And, and a lot of us, a lot of people can understand that feeling like, you know, you, you become your work a lot of times, especially if you're passionate about it. And a lot of times that's a sacrifice to, to a lot of, uh, you know, whoever loves you, you know, whatever it is, sometimes it's a good, you know, a positive job. Sometimes it's a job that can like literally consume you like, like with Harvey and uh, they, the, they, the filmmaker, it was Chris Palmer as a director and, you know, the animators and everything. They, they did a great job capturing that, that, that feeling that, that love triangle, really the husband, the wife and the job, like that's the love triangle. So, and then to, to, to shatter it at the last second, you know, like with the explosion, like that was, I mean, they, they just great, a great job setting that, the, that, that, uh, conflict up throughout the rest of the movie. Like it's not the direct, it's not the primary conflict as you know, you're going, you're, you know, the primary conflict is definitely the holiday killer, but that is always in the background. Anytime you saw Gilda throughout the rest of both movies, like she's, she's miserable and you can tell she's like dying a little bit on the inside every time. And I mean, they, they, they did a great job just expressing that through, through just through your character and so. Most definitely, because every single time you turn around, Gilda's character is being lost. It's like, for example, better a better example is like she actually feels distant from Harvey. You can tell with the range of the emotion that's on that character's face, even through a drawing, and that's just very impactful to see that come to light because it's very rare to show emotions through um, pieces of artwork other than comic books and stuff like that. So to see that on a screen through animated format, I definitely like that. Um, then, of course, we also see another thing that winds up happening too. Catwoman leaves Batman to Falcone's cash pile, yeah. uh, which is also one of my other favorite scenes in this whenever. And, you know, they're talking about what they should do with the money, what's, what's the money being used for, and things like that. And Selena's like, well, why don't we just burn it? Just get it over with. And I loved how Selena just brought it. She's like, she just doesn't uh, care about anything like she always does. She just kicks ass, takes names later on, doesn't, uh, is not self-aware of the implications that could happen if they wind up just burning money. And then here you have Harvey that's describing every single angle and everything along with Batman as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Selena is, yeah, definitely in that scene. She's the... Uh... I don't know which if you call it the voice of reason or anything like that, but she's definitely the the direct response. Like in so many scenes, she she plays that same role where she uh, there'll be a conflict between two characters. Like example, I guess the I mean it's kind of jumping ahead, but like the the poison ivy scene where she yeah. rescues Batman, rescues Bruce Wayne, and it's just because she takes the initiative in every scene that she's in she's got a single purpose and she, you know, she cuts out all the, all the details and it's like directly, this is what I'm going to do. And she does it. And that scene was a, a good example of it. It's also a good example of showing that is, is dedicated and uh, 
passionate about the law that Harvey Dent is, he does make the joke around Batman's like, you know, what if I kept a little of this money? You know, no one would know if I put it in my pocket. And then, and you know, Batman quickly corrects him. You know, lets him lets him know that that's not how they they operate. But uh, also, too, he also is the voice of reason as well. He's like, well, that's not who you represent either. By you doing that, you're actually doing a misrepresentation of who you are. And these people already look up to you. So this would not be good if you wind up taking the money. But I also want to talk to you about Selena, though, too. And it doesn't matter if you jump around or anything like that. I'm having a good time anyways. But, (laughs) you know, um, but still, every single time you see Selena on the screen, she has her own motives and everything, too. Her time on screen is not wasted. It has a reason for her to be there rather than, oh, it's Catwoman. What's she going to do? This is more of a line of it's Catwoman. She has her own motivations as to what's going on. She's wondering about what's going on with Bruce. Why hasn't he been showing up for the last three months? Because it's three in three months. He's been pretty much being on hooked on, uh, well, pretty much Poison Ivy's vines are stuck to him. Yeah, <laughs> and everything. So being controlled by him, wanting to sign the estate over uh, to other to the Valcones, and you also have corruption within uh, the Wayne's business and everything because of that. Then because even when Bruce said he says I'm not going to be signing anything over unless something major winds up happening, and that's when, of course, we wind up seeing Poison Ivy take take over him, and also Alfred as well. And then of course when she's going over there kicking Poison Ivy's ass all over. And things like that. Um, I really enjoyed that the action sequences in this, and also too, you can tell how caring she is. That was also another thing I liked. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed her and uh, Bruce's relationship throughout the whole thing. Like uh, even at the beginning when they were playing their little like a uh, uh, cat and mouse game, I guess when she he was chasing her on the rooftops, and you got the first uh, little bit of a trickle of what was going on with what her motivation was. Because she was definitely, uh, besides looking out for Batman often, well, pretty much throughout the whole whole uh, series of movies, but she also had her own, the, like you said, the motivation, and she stuck with it each time. And, and you never really, as a, as a viewer or an audience, you never really got to see inside of her head until the very end. And even that was pretty subtle. Like, so, like... When he she showed he she at the beginning, he chases her through the rain on the rooftops and he she uh, basically takes him to Falcone's warehouse where, you know, where it was. And and you think as, you know, like Batman story, you think, oh, she's just showing him where it is. But she's also I think the way they set it up, she's also showing that she's very invested in what Falcone is doing in particular when she is by, you know, by any other definition, she's a cat burglar. That's where it comes from. So she's, it's, it was just every time, like there was a Falcone related thing, she was there and it became like a, you know, like a, if you weren't paying attention and you're like, wow, she just always shows up when he's in trouble. And it's like, no, she is literally spying on the Falcone organization like for 24 him. 20 yeah for him and for herself 24 right. 7 so at any times like he's in trouble or you know something's going down with the falcones she 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 rolls in like saves the day comes through the window whatever and 
it's something that like it's like eventually it's like pounded in your head like like uh what is her connection to these people like why is she right. so obsessed and they, they because even bruce they, says it too he said you're being obsessed with the falcons why are you being so obsessed because i'm just trying to help you and you need a partner because i don't need a partner yeah, or anything a partner. I'm, <laughs> right and she's like really you've been hooked on uh poison ivy for the last three months and everything it seemed like that you needed her. it seems like you needed her more than you needed me yeah. so there jealousy, was that you know, right. nice. <laughs> throw some shade at him <laughs> yeah and he's like she's like i'm doing all this for you bruce i'm spying on the valcones and everything and here you are putting me as a friend in the friend zone while you go ahead and do whatever you want with poison ivy and here i am spying being obsessed with them but you don't know why i'm being obsessed with them and everything but i like the mystery element to that because we don't know why she's being obsessed with Oh, oh, they they there was they did a great job of layering like so many different stories stories on on top of each other. You have the the main thing is the holiday killer, which in itself is a great concept. That I don't know why like it seems like something that would have should have been done like a million times. I can't think of anything like it where there's a new murder every holiday. It's you know and you know like there's a holiday themed you know, decoration they throw on right. top of it every time. That, I mean, that's a great, that is, and it's over the course of a year. That's, that's a great concept. You it got definitely that. is. And yeah. no, it's no wonder why too, that they have calendar man in there when doing the investigation, like a Hannibal Lecter kind of way of doing oh, yeah. things through. <laughs> I almost through, forget about him. <laughs> right. Because to me, I felt like every single cameo when it came down to a villain wasn't wasted. It, it, it was to give us a plot each uh, villain had its own motives on what to do as well. Same thing with Catwoman. But what I really liked was the Hannibal Lecter kind of deal where you have Calendar Man locked inside this in the walls of uh, Arkham or in Arkham and everything. And he's over there going through the calendar and he's even telling them you were dealing with a calendar killer. Yeah. Too. So it's very Hannibal Lecter like. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think like I know he was giving he he kept hinting at what was going on and what like he would throw little hints at and it got less and less subtle as it went by like like the last time and it's, it's a movie too thing but when he said it's Labor Day and he's like that should that's really important for the killer or whatever and right. and you know we haven't got to the reveal yet but I, I I wanted to, I haven't done it yet, but I wanted to kind of go back through and see the different things that that calendar man said to see if there are more subtle clues, because the labor thing is really, you know, uh, it really, it was a little on the nose. It's kind of like the last thing that tipped me off, like, oh, I know who it is. I know who did it. You know, like, as soon as that happened, I was like, all right, <laughs> I got it. Well, <laughs> kind of- even with the Valentine's Day thing, though, too, was also another thing. And also, too, I want to say, they maybe I want to, I'm not going to say Mother's Day, but I think even the Father's Day thing was another thing that kind of tipped it off a little. I'm trying to think, the Father's Day that was when that's uh, when Maroni was having uh, having drinks with his father and they were talking about peace, with, right? Uh, with the DA, right? Uh, trying to smooth things over uh, with the DA, yeah. I, that one went over my head. I think I know what you're talking about, like what the 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 how, how it works, like. 
Okay. <laughs> nice. I mean, because, because think of it like this, you know, it's Father's Day, and of course she can't be a mother, and she doesn't have a husband because the because Dan. Are we going to go ahead and reveal the killer? <laughs> Well, I'm just, I'm just throwing something. We're, dan- yeah. we're dancing around it. Yeah, lot. let's go on ahead. Let's do it. Um, but it's Gilda. And the reason, and like I said, I think the reason why she did this on Father's Day is because of the fact, too, with Dent not being able to pursue her and being giving her a child, and plus with her being afraid of having kids, therefore, she there there's that whole entire narrative where it's the fact that she's the killer because of that because of the fact that she can't be a mother because of the fact that they also too the Falcons also kicked out the ear to the Falcon family. And he also graduated from college. And that's also too, who she was dating and every single thing now, but the whole entire thing with Oxford, remember whenever we see the thing, I'm like, oh, okay, that's Harvey. He graduated from Oxford. So that was the only, that was the thing that made me think that it was tied into Harvey being graduated from, from, Oxford, but no, it was actually Gilda that was actually graduated from Oxford instead. So I like the twist on that. Yeah, Bat- as soon as Batman asked her that it was, and saw the guns down there, and she was like, Harvey didn't go to Oxford. And he it was like, Oh, all right. <laughs> like that was another <laughs> that was a that was the that was the last of the subtle hints of who it was. But even so, like uh they they still had you guessing all the way up till till the final reveal a little bit like there a couple players got taken off the off the game board but it came down to like about two or three and and uh i had picked her pretty i would say pretty much from that scene that you're talking about when 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 batman saw the oxford pennant on her on the wall in their their basement and she mentioned that she didn't go to oxford um and then i kind of knew from then but my my son, because who as I was talking to the through the whole thing, he was still thinking that you know Harvey's probably the one who did it. He's probably the one that you know did everything. And then Harvey got taken off the board when he, he turned into Two Face, and you right. realize he really didn't have anything to do with it. But he was just going through a mental breakdown at the court yeah. in the court system and things like that. That's all he uh, went through. That yeah, that was a great scene. <laughs> it was it a definitely lot of was. just just great scenes like throughout this whole thing. Like I don't know, like I mean, that's a the boss Maroney throwing the throwing the acid in 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 Harvey Dent's face to create Two Face is a you know that's a classic origin story from Two Face. It's how it's always kind of went down, but the the setup and the build up to it was fantastic. Like him, especially like he's in court, he's supposed to be testifying, and then he. He kind of like betrays him or double crosses him, and right because then it goes, "What the hell are you doing?" And right. then you see him with his hands, and you know what's going to happen. But at the same time, it's like, "Is that what I think it is?" But is it? Because you're hoping maybe it's not. But it, that is what we wind up expecting: is the acid being thrown on Harvey Dent's face. They, they did a few fake outs too, like even yeah. at the beginning with the uh, with the house blowing up, like in mm-hmm. in, in you know he he. I guess you would you almost thought that he was going to get blown up in the face and and that was where he was going to turn. I was like, man, it's way too early for that, but right. Um, I thought the same thing though too. I'm like, wait, that's too early. But then even at the pier, whenever he gets attacked at the pier and gets knocked out, I'm like, oh, is this where he loses his uh, other side of his like, face? Was it like hot tub time machine when the guy they kept? Have you you seen that? 
Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, and there, the, there's the one guy who's, who's missing an arm, and he's in every few seconds he's throwing a chainsaw in the air. He's a, uh, you know, just I think. Right, he keeps on juggling the chainsaws and thinking that oh, this is going to be the scene where he loses his arm, and we're wondering when is he going to lose his arm. And the whole, the whole, whole, everyone's like watching, like oh, is this is this the time? Is this it? This it? And he's like, oh, he caught the chainsaw. (laughs) Are you kidding me? That's actually how I felt when I was watching that movie too. I was like, oh, it was whenever he got his arm caught in the elevator. (laughs) But yeah, 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 that's that's how Harvey's face was the whole movie. Both movies, you just. Is this is this it? Is this it right here? Is this the big one? Poor Harvey. We're just waiting for his uh, face to get tore off. That's all we wanted was just to see the other face to be gone. That would that would have been a swerve, man. If they they went right. the whole movie and he didn't, and he was just prosecuted, <laughs> just a regular, just prosecuted her at the end, like. Or he just winds up becoming two faced at the end with the acid being thrown on him or something, and when the end of credits go go up, something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But you know. Another thing, too, I want to mention as well that I really liked was the fact of, you know, with now we also have Scarecrow in this movie, in this movie, too. And he also has a plot motivation. I like when he uses the poison gas and then Selena's once again there to save Bruce. Every time. Every time. And then he winds up calling him, uh, calling her his mother because that was also happens to be the same place that his mom and dad died. It was very t- touching and very moving and hits you in the feels like I'm going to be honest with you. It almost made me shed a tear with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, their depiction of Scarecrow was creepy. That was what got me on it. Like I was in, in such a, such a good way. Like he was, I think he was the scariest villain to me. Like just, uh, and then I think that it was it was a it was a subtle art change when uh, Batman was uh, was gassed. It looked like because they, they've been doing the Tim Sale version of that world, the artist along Halloween, and then when he went to that that world, it almost looked like a, a Kelly Jones Batman, which in, in means nothing to probably most people, but he's a he's a he's the one that draws Batman like. He's hulking. He's got the big long ears right. to go up to the top, and very gothic. And and uh, all the vamp Batman bloodlust and vampire books are all Kelly Jones art. And it felt like they switched to that, even like the sketchiness of the lines and everything. And it just it, it did a good job of changing the the atmosphere of the movie for for that period of time when he was he was under the influence of the the, the fear gas. And yeah, then when he he came out of it and he's seeing his mother and Selena is like, you know, saves him, like I said, saves him again. And he, even with Alfred, when uh, she drops him on, on the doorstep to Wayne Manor, he's like, I thought I saw my mother, you know, and Alfred's Alfred's like, all right, come on in, sir. And then he looks, he goes, here we go again. <laughs> yeah. Alfred's come on seen in. some stuff, man. Alfred has yeah. seen some stuff. He's patched Definitely. up with people. But you know what? Uh, I want to also talk about this real quick. And I have a little bit of a sponsor, and then we'll get back into the show. But um, but this podcast is actually uh, sponsored by peer.com forward slash free. Go ahead, use the promo code QUICKSTART. And if you have a business, you need a website, what's the best way to get a website up and running? Choose website 
Uh, choose a website hosting company that makes it simple, like Peer Networks. Peer was 20 years of experience managing the entire digital ecosystem for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Peer makes it easy for you with, uh, with do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including simple drag-and-drop page designs. And also, too, they have guaranteed U.S.-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Right now, when you sign up with Peer Networks, you'll receive one free month of web hosting. See for yourself how easy it is to build your website for free. Visit peer.com slash free to get your first month of web, uh, of website hosting for free by using the uh, code Quick start. That's peer.com slash free. Using the promo code quick start to get started today. And now we're going to get back into the long Halloween. Uh, so, um, but like I said, um, whenever Alfred winds up coming back in, you can tell that he, he's kind of sees Celine a little bit and stuff like that. It's like he's peering outside, but he sees her, but she's also trying to hide herself. But he also has a mutual respect for Selena, to be honest with you. Oh, I, I, I think he sees the potential in a Bruce and Selena relationship and that he always wants uh, Bruce Wayne to be happy. I think ultimately that's his main goal. Like he's loyal to the, the fight against crime and all that. But if throughout every uh, version of Batman that you see, like Alfred's pretty much, he, you know, he'll do whatever but he wants to see Bruce happy and he sees it somebody that could definitely at least understand his lifestyle, which is a very unique lifestyle. When you stack it up next to any other human being on the planet anywhere uh, is Selena Kyle, who has her own very unique lifestyle and they could, you know, they, they, they could probably make it happen, make it work. And so that when Selena comes over, there's a little bit of, you know, it's a, it's a, it's it's warmth. It's a it's a little bit of a brightness in a very gloomy place that Wayne Manor can be when it's just Alfred and and Bruce. That's another reason why the Robins show up and kind of like add you know they're not in this some but, lightness to it. Yeah. yeah, some light in the darkness. You know, and and there's probably an ultimate goal in Alfred's mind that maybe if uh, Bruce does settle down with a Selena, maybe he'll stop doing what he's doing. And you know, he sees him as his son. You know, like. He right. raised him, so nobody wants exactly. to see their son go through that. But he's not going to stop him either. So he sees Selena. He might give him a little smirk, you know, like maybe this is the time. Maybe <laughs> you know, and he keeps pushing the whole the uh, candy at the beginning and the candy at the end. Like he wants to, right. he wants to, you know, have that Ozzy and Harriet white picket fence type situation. I'm going to bring kid. I'm going to bring candy out for the kids for Halloween. And Bruce is like, Nah, I don't want to ever come here. And there's a whole. A thematic thing about Bruce opening up a little bit, or the potential. The, I, he keeps saying, "I believe in Gotham City, I believe in Harvey Dent, or you know whoever," I, but he doesn't believe in Bruce Wayne. You know, like in in that regard, like like there has to be some sort of end goal, and maybe Selena represents that for Alfred. I can see that though. If you think about it, though, Bruce. All he believes is in Batman. It's hard to actually turn that off, that detective mode off on him. Oh, yeah. And stuff like that. Even whenever he tries to be the playboy type, even when he tries to go on the yachts and stuff like that, 
it's hard to turn off that light. And also, too, you know, Alfred is being optimistic about kids coming over there, but also optimistic about him and Selena, Selena uh, having kids, though, too. Oh, oh yeah. That, that, that's what, that's a nice you know, allusion to it, yeah. Right. Because it's not just about the kids coming to his house. It's about having the kid having kids run around the mansion like he like him and Bruce used to do, instead of being all secretive and stuff like that, doing the doing Batman and everything, constantly doing be pull ups and push ups and <laughs> right <laughs> throwing batterings at the wall, <laughs> practice. See, <laughs> great, another one. But yeah, <laughs> but you know, another thing though too is like. Remember when the other heir to the um to the Valcone family is on the yacht and they're supposed to be celebrating Fourth of July or New Year's Eve or and uh when that scene is being played, I'm thinking it's gotta be this guy that might be the killer. And even when our Batman comes over there and approaches him, it it makes it makes sense. I mean he he's killing off everybody so we can get so that way he can come into the family and be in charge of this family, the Falcone family. Only to find out that that's not even him. The motivation's there, but that's not the killer. Yeah, I, I almost I feel like I have to keep my mouth shut on this one. Yeah. <laughs> not not because uh, can I spoil the book too? Or, or yeah, going going ahead because chances is I'm I'm gonna wind up reading it, but I'm still gonna love it anyway. So, <laughs> oh man, I feel bad because it's such a good. All right, so in the book. The all right, this goes against every fiber of my being to spoil a book, but here we go. So, in the book, Albert Alberto Falcone is the killer, he's the, okay. he's the guy. So, me that was me going into this, I was like waiting for that moment. And when he meets his fate on that yacht on New Year's Eve, he gets shot like 10 times. And then I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe it's ketchup packets or, you know, blood packets or whatever. Maybe it's all set up. And then he falls into the water and gets shot up by the propeller blade. (laughs) I was like, that was was specifically put in this movie for people like me. They read the book Mm -hmm. and like, oh, it's just going to be Alberto for, you know, whatever. And then like, and then they just completely put the kibosh on that that whole so at that point i was like wide open i was like all right i have no idea what's going on like there was a few subtle you know a few changes here and there the order switched up whatever um but th- at that moment i was like whoa okay all right i have no idea who it is now i have to re uh think about who who because that was that you know i was know-it-all i was a know-it-all in that situation i was like yeah i know who did it i know who did it but they did the they did the same thing to me on, on in the in the hush movie. They 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 changed a couple of things and made it where it was completely different at the end. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil that one here, but so you're you know there there's value to watching this. It's not a straight adaptation, it's a it's a they 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 got me. They specifically they they uh, it just it felt very personal. It felt personal towards us comic book fans, <laughs> comic right. book readers. In a you good see way. though. The best way. I like that though because it's not it doesn't feel like a paint by the numbers kind of adaptation. No. It makes everything fresh, makes everything new, and to make us have that mystery element even more. And that's something that I appreciate for that because I don't like an uh, paint by the numbers kind of movie or anything like that. Yes, I read the book, but I would like to see something a little bit different 
rather than saying, oh, I know when the next scene is going to come or anything like that. Right. So that actually does help with it being different. Now, I do own Hush, thanks to Tamika, but uh, I haven't picked it up yet. So that's going to be one that I'm going to wind up reading pretty soon. Yeah, read but, that. And then I don't know if you've seen the movie yet, but not yet, but I'm planning on watching it. Yeah. Solomon Grundy was good in this as well. And of course, I was not expecting him to be uh, Harvey Dent's Two Faces bodyguard going up against the Falcone family. That was actually a pretty interesting. Yeah, that was cool. He, uh, I, the scene where with Solomon Grundy and Batman having like, you know, previous encounters with him, obviously, uh, when he, for Thanksgiving, he leaves the plate of food. And that, I always thought that was a really touching moment. And uh, that that's direct. That's directly lifted from the comic. So that was another one I was expecting. So, I, you know, and and I was I was glad to see they put it in it because it, it shows that there is a compassionate side to Batman and that he is willing to, you know, help his fellow man instead of just punching him in the face, you know, like. Right. <laughs> like he's got he's that kind of thing. So yeah, I, we, I, I we, they you know what I'm saying the Solomon Grundy with the whole you know Solomon Grundy, you know, they they did the whole poem, which was cool. Like it, at one point, I think it was in the second movie, and I was like, Yes. <laughs> I was happy cool. that they put that in there. Solomon Grundy was born on a Monday, and then well, it's kind of and it also yeah, resembles no, Harvey Dent though, too. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's what that's what uh when Harvey Dent and he, he, yeah, it was Harvey Dent that, that kind of joined in with the poem. He, he said the middle parts and that was, yeah, he, he saw a, a kindred spirit in Solomon Grundy and, uh, and Solomon Grundy saw the same thing, obviously. So they, 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 they were, uh, I guess so war makes strange bedfellows, but I guess misery does too. And so when he, pulled his his bandages off to reveal that he was two-faced for the first time i think that uh the best person to see that and to show compassion to another soul in that situation is solomon grundy who obviously like many characters in here have has have been through quite a bit of anguish at some point especially if if the poem is true you know well also too whenever he says solomon grundy's born on a monday it kind of reminds me of Harvey being born on a Monday, being uh, Two-Face for the first time and going out into this yeah. world of who he is for the first time. It's like how Salman Grundy was born on a Monday and being who he is. So it has a resemblance between the two of them, which is something I do appreciate them doing um, and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, uh, they, they definitely... Uh, did some damage when they got together and they teamed up. They were <laughs> <laughs> especially in that mansion. Oh my god, they tore they tore that place from limb to limb. To be honest with you, oh, it, was, it, was nice, it was a nice Hulk smash moment. Like, uh, <laughs> got... especially Still... with Falcone's daughter, who's actually built like a truck, pretty much where she's yeah. a tank. Which one? Is, what is it? Sophie, Sophia? Right? Sophia. So... Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember all the names. It's, it's Sophia's the daughter, Alberto's the son, Carla's the sister, Johnny Johnny Vitti is the the nephew, um, uh, Sal Maroni is the the opposite mob guy, and uh, his you know his father is uh, Vinny 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 was it Vincent 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 Yeah, Vincent Maroni. 
I think I, I think I got most of them. Yeah, you got pretty much the whole entire Falcon family. <laughs> I, I well, I you know I keep I've got, I've got the, the the index cards up on my wall with the strings attached, showing you the whole the whole setup. So you know I do my research. <laughs> but yeah man um this this movie in itself is really good i like the action in it i like the detective work in it everything about this movie works in its own way the villains have their own motives they have their own things jokers in it of course joker, uh, yeah joker was like a he was the right amount of ins- insanity the even his jokes uh were were funny like he uh <laughs> Like I, 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 the Joker makes jokes in the comics, makes jokes in other things. Not necessarily hilarious; they're just dark humor. But he, he's he had a few good. I wish I could remember them. A few good cracks in the. They were just like warped, warped, crazy, dark things to say. And but his, uh, he wasn't a huge figure in this. He was just a, he was like a little force of nature that showed up for for a couple of scenes, but showed you that the stakes were were that high. Um, his whole scheme to, oh, the the plane thing, like yeah, the plane <laughs> for uh, New Year's, and he uh, he doesn't know how to fly a plane, and he, and he's, he's walking reading the manual. The, he's yeah, he's walking. He's walk. He walks through the hangar bay, and he's like, oh, pilots check, ground crew check, and they're all dead, strewn about, like like. <laughs> and then he gets in the gets in the plane. He's he's flying it, and he's like, I hope this works. Hits the button. Or turns it on, and like you said, he's he's reading the manual while he's flying around <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> like and another know, thing that oh, it's hilarious, sorry. man. Like that that whole scene is it it was great. Like definitely, the thing that makes me laugh is when Batman says, "Why are you trying to kill everybody over here just for one person?" Because because there's a 50-50 chance that <laughs> Falcone will die, and killing everybody else makes it all that much more uh, sacrificial. <laughs> So, yeah, the Joker logic. Like, yes, I like the humor in it, so I thought it was good. Um, like I like you mentioned, like we mentioned before, this is not a paint by the numbers kind of style film, which is something that I really enjoyed. Of course, I like the year one Batman uh, storylines from the comics. I've also liked uh, the New Fifty uh, Two comics with. Um, I tell everybody, if you're looking for something new to read, check out Court of Owls, which is actually one of the best ones out of the New 52. Then also, too, Batman Rebirth is also a good one, too. I like. Oh, yeah. But uh, but as far as this movie goes and everything, I think that's everything I had wanted to cover as far as this goes. I mean, there's, I think we dived into a lot of the meat of it. What about you? I try, I'm trying to think here. There, there's so much. It's two movies, and... Does I'm trying to think if there's anything I really want to talk about because we did we did a pretty good job of like shotgunning everything and blasting away <laughs> and, and randomly. Right. Uh, well, we talked about the basement scene where uh, Gilda's over there burning everything. We wind up finding out also too that she was also dating uh, one of the Falcones, and then of course uh, her revealing that it was never Harvey that went to Oxford; it was her. And, oh yeah, and she, about that. and she was uh she was actually dating and had was engaged. Actually, she married Alberto Falcone. Yep. So Fal- so Alberto, when he was giving that impassioned rant on the edge of the the yacht right before he got blown away and chopped up, and, you know, came fish food. He uh, you know, he he talked about a woman that he loved, 
and that that and he just wanted to do right by his father at some point. It was a whole thing. Like there was a whole and uh yeah, yeah. And we, later on we find out that the whole time that he's talking about Gilda and Gilda was actually pregnant like that, that. I mean, that's the, the, the roughest part is she was pregnant with Albert's child and they gave the impression that they, the Falcone family didn't approve of it. And they actually like pulled the baby out and destroyed everything on the way out. So like she had a, and you know, it, it, she had a lot of uh, reasons to want revenge on that entire family because of that. So, and she supposedly married Harvey because he had the, the uh, inside angle to, to, for justice on their family. And then according to her, she, um, she, she actually did love Harvey Dent the before it became two-face there was actually you know there was a right at the end there when batman is getting the full confession and she's burning the holiday on the clothing in the in the burner in the in the basement again and she you know gives the full confession and harvey takes the rap for all of the holiday murders right before that so as far as like the, the official statement is that Harvey Dent is not only Two-Face, he's also the holiday killer. And Batman is never 100% uh, convinced about that. So he goes and visits Gilda while, of course, while she's disposing of her, all the uh, the evidence. And she asks him if he is going to turn her, turn her in. And he explains that Harvey is his friend. And and it gives the it implies that he's just going to leave it be and let it you know let sleeping dogs lie and and just and uh let her go on about her life i guess and everyone suffered enough um and that was probably one of the few sticking points i'm like as batman batman is so anal that and of course i'm taking this from my comic experience there's a recent storyline in the Tom King after the rebirth thing, Tom King storyline where Batman apprehends Mr. Freeze and Bruce Wayne ends up getting jury duty for that particular case. And he calls into question Batman's evidence and he's the <laughs> dissenting voice. Uh, and, and uh, Mr. Freeze ends up getting off because of the evidence. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, think the evidence is enough and it's Bruce Wayne. Who's the one that's doing it. And he's, trashing batman's evidence so it's like trashing his own evidence he's trying to yeah he doesn't he's 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 casting doubts on his own detective work you know in his secret you know secret identity but like that's how that's the mindset of the insanity the so is he showing compassion to gilda when he lets her lets her lets her roll you know lets her ride on everything or is is that like out of character moment is he doing it out of his friendship with with harvey i'm not sure like like i'm it, thinking i really it, it didn't quite ring true because i i see he would even with harvey conf, i guess accepting a confession of all the holiday murders would batman let that slide because he believes in the truth and justice and all of that to such a degree that he would force harvey to not take those charges and arrest gilda like that's what i would I would think, 
but also but this is more poetic him just walking up the stairs and i'm wondering if maybe because this is very early in his career and this like to compare it to that mr freeze story that i just told you about is so far like in the, in the future that like he's become more jaded more bitter more uh more uh, uh tired of fighting the uh, crimes and all. or just completely uh obsessed with his version of reality and the truth and the, the law and everything like that. Um, well, for me, this you, is what I got yeah. out of it. Okay, so I'm thinking it's this. I don't think it's self-doubt or anything like that. I think it's the whole fact of why he even asked her. Are you sure you're done with these holiday killings? Are you sure you got this out of your system? You got didn't get this out of your system. Then I'm coming back for you. I'm going to arrest you. But that's the thing. He knows she killed right. what at least twelve people. There's twelve right. twelve months, and a lot of times there was a multiple. Like so, she is a mass murderer. murderer. Probably the next to the Joker. Probably the the biggest mass murderer. And I just don't see Batman letting that slide, no matter who it is. Like right. Batman is gonna take her to jail, and he's that's gonna too. like like it could be it could be something with the fact like, too of her being but like with I saw you kill home. like I saw you kill like two dozen people. If that's it, if you're done, we'll let we'll you know you just you just watch yourself, just watch yourself. Like what, watch yourself I mean, before you wreck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'll, I'll I'll be if I'll be watching. You know, like what is he he doing this? Like <laughs> right. The eye the eye pointing. Right. I mean, it is kind of different though. Though is against his mo. Or maybe, but at maybe the same he's time, her walk up the stairs and then he'll jump on her. <laughs> he, he's like he I'm just. He didn't go through the windows. He he needed to smash the window before he takes her out. So he's gonna wait till she gets us upstairs and then psh, come in. Like, then come ah, on I, down I, there. Because <laughs> <Yeah, Psych. I> <laughs> But and you I, know, I, he pulls I feel out like the tape this. recorder. I've had the tape recorder the whole time. I got the whole conversation. He's <laughs> yeah. like, aha. <laughs> I got you now. Batman's probably got the the bat GoPro or something like that on his hat on his mask. He's probably <laughs> checking out the whole thing. But. but you know, another thing I was thinking though too, maybe it's the fact too that she's been through a lot between uh, uh her being mar- uh, married to one of the Valcones, and then of course uh, her trying to find her way into this family, knowing that she can't be in this family because of who they are. And she's also considered an outsider, and then also too, even with that, it's very different for Batman to just turn his back on it. Like it was nothing. And I don't know. It just seems kind of poetic though, too, like you said, but it also makes me wonder of like, okay, you just made it sound like that she was like a little kid. Okay, if you promise not to murder anybody, I I, I won't turn you into the cops, okay? So <laughs> did you get the murder all done? Yeah, okay. Guess what? You don't you get a free pass from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the deal with that? He killed like she killed like thirty people in cold blood. But Batman's were like, eh, they were just gonna escape anyway, so I might as well just go on ahead and get it over with. <laughs> but she had a vendetta yeah. against against the whole family. I guess they're gone now, so she's gonna be cool. But you know, you get a taste for it. You get a taste for that. But uh, but yeah, and oh, uh, nah, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> thought i got muted <laughs> no no i did i was the one who got muted <laughs> because oh. I, someone was coming in for a minute 
But uh, but no, man, I just don't get the ending for that part in particular. But you know, I'm like, I'm kind of on the mix with it, to be honest with you. It's like, I'm okay with it, but at the same time, it's also against Batman's mo. But is it also with his self doubt of him being uh, a, at that time probably trying to re- discover who he is, everything yeah. on what he should let go and what he shouldn't let go. Yeah, this. I mean, if. This is, I mean, Two-Face isn't Two-Face yet, so this is very early in Batman's career, so he's going to make mistakes. And you saw, like, even at the beginning when he's chasing Catwoman, Catwoman makes him, when he jumps across the, there's a there's two buildings right that are next to each other, and he jumps, he jumps over the gap in the alley or whatever, and he ends up falling, and she says, your equipment is too heavy. So, which indicates to me that he hasn't completely streamlined his 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 gear, his gear. Yeah. yeah so this is pretty early in his batman career so it's i guess you go back to like the man of steel movie the the zack snyder man of steel that every, you know everyone has the issue with him breaking zod's neck at the end and uh i'm definitely a superman purist i'm like superman would have found a way to not have to do that but if you look at it from the lens of that he's a a brand new superhero you know, he's just learning and he's frustrated and maybe, maybe Batman is, is going to make those mistakes. That, that, right. You know, mistakes. And because here, here's the thing. I made this up for Superman, Man of Steel, because I love that movie. I think it's an underrated film. And I know that, he, you know, Superman is not supposed to kill or anything like that, but look at the Christopher Reeves movie. He killed Zod. But in that movie too, it was just in a different way. But Breaking Zod's neck, and also too, this is actually, he's only been in the Superman outfit for a couple of hours, so he's just now discovering who he is. His powers has not been fully developed, like you mentioned. With uh, the maybe he let his dad die, like, right. a couple he's scenes like, yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't, also, you don't just, save me. Nah, that's a whole right. other story. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave that up. <laughs> the Man of Steel and the Zack Snyder stuff all over. We're, we're going to have to do a Zack Snyder Man of Steel review, because oh, seriously, God, no. uh, this is... <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> but man, I, I like I like Man of Steel. I think it's really a good film. I thought it was That's a good movie. Me. I thought it was a good right. movie. If I take my uh uh my insane Superman bias out away, then I can watch it. But okay, the, the you know what I mean? Like it's I'm so like it's it, the Superman and Batman even is so embedded in my how I see <laughs> the world because I've been reading comics since I was since I could read and, you know, you know, same thing. So like I have, we all have our versions of these characters and we generation thing. Right. And we, and we, yeah. And we imprint it on whatever version we see. Like when I saw this movie, like I can't help but compare it to the super, the Batman that has come before same with man of steel, the Superman that I know and love, you know, all that stuff. But so I you know I I let I let it slide, but uh, the the Man of Steel one, but this bat we're talking Batman, so right. Let me put my Batman glasses on. (laughs) I'm gonna have to get me some Batman glasses. (laughs) I feel left out now. (laughs) (laughs) You got your shirt on. You said it glows in the dark, right? Yeah, it does. (laughs) But dude, um, seriously, we're gonna have to do another interview or something like that. Set something up. I had fun just doing this, to be honest. Oh yeah, man. Oh, I, I promise you, you were. Uh, I I know that you were wondering why it took so long or whatever. It's just. Oh no! I, I, yeah. 
it's, life is it's crazy. been it, it has been crazy. I haven't slowed down since I started this thing. Either. It's impressive, man. Like I know I was one of your earliest interviews and and it seems as if you're podcasting every day. And that's Monday a that's Friday. A, yeah. <laughs> like it, it's impressive, it's admirable. It's like holy cow, what is, like Right, I'm looking at myself like, all right, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. but like you're, you're doing, you're, you're doing awesome, man. Like, like you got sponsors, like, like, come on now. <laughs> I never expected that to be honest with you. Like Charlie and stuff like that. It's just crazy on the wild ride that we're on, to be honest with you. Uh, we just picked up, by the way, thank you to the 800 subscribers that subscribe to my channel because we just hit 800. But it's man, it's just been a crazy ride to be honest with you and to be able to do what we're doing straight to the top, and, man. And you know me, I've been trying for that Manscaped ad for about what two, three years, <laughs> trying to get it. And then one day, as I'm driving, or I think I was going somewhere and I'm in my car and I was like, I'm expecting another rejection letter to be honest. With you. And Don and this guy and one of the guys from Manscaped, they're like, um. I'm like, here we go. Another rejection letter. I'm ready for it. He goes, we want to do business with you. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Score. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing you know, I got stamps.com. I had other uh, sponsors and stuff like that. So it's just been a, it's just been a crazy ride. It's been you know, awesome. You know, you've made it when you get the, the underwear sponsors, <laughs> like uh, <Lights. laughs> there's like three or four, like underwear, like the, Oh, thank God. Oh, what, oh. I know Bill Burr's got the underwear one. He, man, I, I can't remember now. I should okay. know. But yeah, but there's anyways. like three or four. Yeah. The underwear. The next is underwear. You've got the manscape. You gotta you gotta put something over it now. <laughs> well, the funny thing is they actually give you boxers. <laughs> oh, well, never mind then. You've already you got it. Yeah. They got yeah. you covered. Yeah, they got you they give you boxers and a t-shirt for that. <laughs> Which you can use promo code movie loves unite. Oh, there you go. Shipping, just letting everybody know. <laughs> but, um, but man, I would love to have you back on here again, just uh, shooting the shit or whatever. Oh, You're man. always welcome, yeah. man. Uh, we'll do another uh, interview, doing a catching up with KJ Eldridge, stuff like that, because I want to know what you've been up to and everything since the last time I interviewed you, how busy you are with Comic-Con, because I know you just got back from a comic from a con. I like to know all that stuff. Oh, but, uh, yeah. But, yeah. Where can everybody follow you at and all that stuff if they oh, want to follow you? Let me see. Uh, well, <laughs> my uh, <laughs> my website is www.kjeldridgeworlds.com. Um, you can find me on uh, Facebook. You can go to you can either find me on my personal page, which is cool, or my uh, main page is like. Uh, the other worlds of KJ Eldridge and it's the new page. Cause my what my Facebook got hacked a while back and uh, that my original other worlds of KJ page is still exists, but I have no control over it. So there's one that says new on it. So that's the good one. Uh, let me see. I got to look at my, my links. Oh, uh, you can find me on Instagram at KJ lunar. This is great. This is great radio and TV right here. Me looking through apps so I can tell who I, what my stuff is. It's all KJ, good. It's all good. Instagram, KJ Lunar, K-A-Y-J-A-Y-L-U-N-A-R, or just look up KJ Eldridge. I have a ton of my art on there. Um, uh, 
Twitter. I am at KJ, um, just the letters KJ Lunar Knight. And you can find that. Um, and these are my books real quick. I'll do real, real, real quick. Yeah, this go is, on ahead. This is a book called Wolvern All, All Roads Lead to Hell. This is a werewolf story set in the Old West. Uh, follows a werewolf hunter named Bart. Uh, he's sanctioned by the Vatican. He goes rogue. They send warrior priests after him. And it's all happening in the middle of this giant werewolf civil war. Um, this is my newest book, Argonautica. It's my version, my retelling of the Jason and the Argonauts myth. And this is my novel, book one of the Last Night's Saga. It's called Last Night's Rays of Ruin. Big old 500 page brick that if it stinks, you can throw it in your fireplace. Get you, a lot, you know, warm your hands up. But if you like uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, Dragonlance, uh, Game of Thrones, it's just as good. So, you know, nah. <laughs> but that kind of stuff. And all of it's available on Amazon. So if you want to get a copy of it, it's available. Uh, or they give me a up. copy of some of those. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Definitely. Uh, um, yeah. So that's, that's where you can find me. Um, just look for me. All right. So, guys, we guys want to uh, – this is another thing I want to do before I actually do my tags. On behalf of Charlie and also Alex, who just joined our uh, Movie Loves Unite – well, Charlie's been with me going close to a year, but Alex has joined me. But on behalf of them and me, thank you to the 800 subscribers that have uh, subscribed to my channel. I do appreciate it. I promise you guys we're not going to slow – we have no intention of slowing down uh, at all. When it comes down to us and everything, we're very passionate about what we do. We care about what we're doing. So thank you so much for the 800 subscribers. Also, too, if you guys want to follow me underneath Movie Lovers TV Lovers Night on Facebook, underneath the same brand name on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. If you want to get an audio-only podcast of our episode, you can get that where you guys get your major podcasts from. Of course, another thing, too, I want to mention is this. Go ahead and rate us over at on Apple Podcasts and also, too, on on Spotify as well. That's also another way for people to find us. It's also an easier way for people to find us. And of course, go over to Good Pods. Good Pods, think of it as social media for podcasters. Or if you like listening to podcasts, you can rate and review independent podcast episodes. And, you know, you can go on and give me a five-star rating if you choose to do so. If not, that's okay, too. I'll take a three or two. It don't matter to me. But I'm pushing for the five, though. Five stars. Definitely. So rate individual episodes. Tell us what you think. Also, too, we can also reply back to you as well. So we're, it's a very interactive social networking way of actually doing things on Good Pods, which is something that I like because I like to have a community where I can actually talk back and forth to people. So another thing, too, is if you want to feel generous, you guys don't have to. But if you do choose to do so, just go ahead and donate 5 to $10 to us. How do you do that? You just go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Movie Lovers Podcast, and that's how you can donate 5 to $10 here on Movie Lovers Tonight. But smashing that subscribe button, smashing that share button, smashing that like button, also commenting in the comment section below also helps us as well. So if you don't have any money, if the pandemic's actually put holes in your pocket, just do those things. It means so much to us if you just smash that bell in the bottom right-hand corner as well to allow you guys to know when we have something new coming on here at Movie Lovers Night. Uh, Wednesday night, um, I don't have anything planned as far as tomorrow night goes, but I'm hoping maybe Alex and I might actually do the game day review, which is an indie movie that that um, someone actually emailed me. And then Thursday night, I have the cameraman from Dexter coming on. So he's actually was one of the cameramen still uh, for Dexter. So if you're a fan of Dexter, go on ahead. Check out, check out that episode on Thursday, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock Eastern time. And 
Friday, I might actually have Vernon from that. It is what it is podcast. Just shooting, um, basically just getting to know Vernon a little bit better because I've been friends with him for a year. He's been on my show from time to time. So I figured this would be a nice little laid back kind of show to do that with. Um, Saturday, I'm actually going to be back with Mount Schmodown and I'm going to be interviewing John Out- the Outlaw Roca from the uh, Schmo- uh, movie trivia Schmodown show. So I can't wait to do that. But anyways, guys, um, one other place that you can follow me at is that Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter and then Movie Lovers Unit Zero on TikTok. And that's everywhere you can follow me at. Thanks so much, KJ. I do appreciate you so much. And keep up the good work over there with your artwork and things like that. And you do you do an amazing job. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, thank, thank, thank you so much, man. And, and thanks for having me again. I'm recurring Very guest. Welcome. And I feel I'm very, I really appreciate this opportunity to hang out with you and talk and and watch an awesome movie and you know I what else what 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 would I rather be doing like exactly like, like it's pretty awesome so Thanks, and man. congratulations on 800 subscribers that's freaking awesome like thank you man thank you, you so you much definitely earned it you worked you worked hard for it and you you continue to put out really quality stuff so yeah thank you man I, we do appreciate that. And always until next time, guys. It's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. Bye-bye.